seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bynamit Celtic podcast, the daily Bynamit Celtic podcast. My name is Lon Stonigan and I'm joined today as I'm joined every day by my good pals, Mr. Paul Thompson, Remy McSwain. How are you doing, Remy? I'm really good, Lawrence. How are you? Uh, how's your, what's your coronavirus story, or coronavirus isolation story today? None. I, I, I actually started <laughs> to attack the Ironman, so it's a kind of, kind of an eating the elephant task. So I'm amazed how many t-shirts are on the Ironman basket. <laughs> right, Paul, you're going to have to come much bigger than that. I just started the Ironman. You've got something better, haven't you? <laughs> I did my own last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, what, what I was interested in, I, I've been I've been doing a lot of stuff with Spotify and music and playlists and listening to stuff as new stuff and old, as we talked about with Stuart last week. And one of the things that's kicking about in Twitter just now that Tim Burgess of the Charlatans is doing is this Twitter listening party where they get you know people who recorded classic albums on to. to well, well, people listen to the album basically and talk about it on Twitter. So that's that's been quite interesting. But it did make me think about the sort of the bands coming back together that, that could possibly do that. What's what's the state of affairs with the promotions these days, Lord? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Uh, I, was it, I, was, uh, I was on my Twitter feed yesterday, and somebody said, "Who's uh, uh, Lloyd?" I said, "I don't know. I haven't. I think he's." Uh, I think he's off Twitter. I haven't seen him on the Twitter for a while. So I go on Twitter and I type in Loiko, guess what? Blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Blocked. Blocked. Oh, <laughs> Blocked by Loiko. So I was like, what the hell's that all about? Because I, we, I went to see him play in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and uh, we would play golf. Boom next... What's that? I booed. Boo him or something. Oh, that's I... why he's no uh, So I said, you, you blocked me on Twitter. What's that? And he texted me back and he said, uh, Oh, I just can't stand your stuff on the American uh, political situation. <laughs> I said, I, Apparently, I've been too too mean about Bernie Saunders. So uh, blocked by uh, blocked by Lloyd Cole. Anyway, I, he's promised me that once the primary process is over, he'll, he'll unblock me. So. I don't think we'll be doing the Tim Burgess classic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lloyd, if you're out there, I still love you, pal. Anyway, uh, the day in football, uh, I've actually I get up early in the mornings and try and catch up with the. I haven't been so I had stuff on this morning very early, so I haven't seen that much. A couple of things I did notice. I've been. I tweeted out yesterday, uh, Paul. Uh, the European Tour. I, I get. I'm not. I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast listen or follow golf, but the European Tour is easily the best sporting social media outfit in the world. Absolutely brilliant. So, like everybody else, that's, uh, do, you, do you mean that's better than Motherwell's? Well, it's but it's a it's a close thing between. Uh, it's it's a, here's one for the kids. It's a red rum crisp. Battle down the finishing straight. Uh, it's a Grand National, a 1973 <laughs> Grand National. One for the teenagers. The uh, 
the anyway the European tour. I, I, go and follow it on Twitter if you haven't. Uh, they're just brilliant. Obviously, like everybody else, they're struggling for content. I and I was sort of saying, uh, I tweet now. Come on, Celtic, you can do. If the European tour can do it, you, you guys can do it. Anyway, I've been on it. They're probably hating hating us for it. Uh, um, the social media team. Anyway, I see today a bit more active. Uh, there's a near beat on uh, Instagram Q and A. And nothing revelatory in it, but you know, quite good. And there's a message from Nir. Uh, he's obviously back home in Israel. Uh, he's he's clearly lives in some big posh apartment up in in a skyscraper somewhere. Um, so stuff like that, and more and more. I'd like to see more and more stuff like that. I think we'd we'd all like to see it. Did you see the? Have you got an Instagram account, account Paul? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I'm uh, tw- Twitter's as far as I go on, on social media, but I did see some of the the questions getting. Uh, I think people had been, you know, taking screen prints and putting them on Twitter, etc. So, I did like the one that said, you know, how did you have the foresight to start self isolating in August, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, who who was it? Somebody who was it? Uh, how did you go on with your brother, John? <laughs> Uh, Charles. <laughs> How do you go with your brother John Beaton? Uh... <laughs> that was me, but I did. Uh, to be fair, I did copy Paul in because it was his joke. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the I saw the SFA had a who who was the referee? Was it John Beaton? Uh, they, there was a message from the SFA on Twitter. I think it was, was a, Bobby Bobby oh, Madden. Bobby, Bobby Madden. That's right. Uh, I get confused with them all. Um, so that's good. Celtic, there's a bit more. Martin Shev, uh, Shved, uh, talking about uh, just, just you know, turns out his old, his old manager saying that uh, Shved had, had been offered more money by Genk but went to Celtic uh, and Genk basically saying, I, I can't get in the team because there's too many good players in front of me. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, do you see anything else, Paul? Uh I think that's probably sort of most of the Celtic stuff. I think obviously there's the the SFA payments that came out today, which which affect Celtic. Is uh, it's probably the only other thing I can think of. Uh, what what was that? So the SFA of uh, sorry SPFL as opposed to SFA. Apologies. Uh, they've dosed out uh, initial payments or, or interim payments to a number of clubs. Certainly, the, I think all the top tier clubs have, have had a payment today and. I think is 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 Remy was able to decipher why the the payments are the way that they've been set out. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the top three have all been paid the same amount. I think it's uh, it's two hundred ninety five k plus VAT, uh, and I think the the next nine it's one hundred and fifty seven plus VAT. And the reason the top three have all so it's three ninety five, yeah, three ninety five plus VAT, and then one five seven five hundred plus VAT. And the reason the top three have all got the same amount, and the rest have got lower amounts, is that they're the only clubs that are guaranteed to be in the top six. So they've been paid on that basis, and the rest have all been paid the same because they're either going to be in the bottom six, or uh, some of them. Well, obviously three of them will make the top six, but they aren't guaranteed it yet. So, I mean, it's for some clubs, it's probably a good bit of money, but for most, it's probably a bit of a sticking plaster, to be fair. <laughs> I think the interesting thing is, they, as Paul said, they gave it round down all the divisions. If you're in Division 4, or whatever it's called now, they get £1,350 per club. Really? Jesus. Yeah. 
that is that is pretty poor. That's not going to really get you anywhere, is it? I tell you, I've got it. Championship clubs, twenty six and a half grand plus VAT. League one, two thousand seven hundred plus VAT, and League two, thirteen hundred and fifty plus VAT. That really, that won't get you very far. Even though they've got very small wages, etc. That's uh, that's not a lot of money. Here, <coughs> top Sorry, go on, Rem. I miss you. I talk so you can see why clubs are going to struggle with that shit. I mean, that's supposed to be their April payment, but they've been paid it today, so they've got it earlier. Um, when you say April payment, that's they get pay, they don't get payments every month. I, I, I'm assuming that's a, a payment. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what that payment is. I think is. they do get payments every month. Okay. I think they do get payments every month. Um, talk of this gives me... a. More stuff we've talked about earlier in the week about uh, clubs, uh, players donating wages, etc., etc. I see that the Germany's four Champions League clubs, uh, Leipzig, um, Bayern Munich, uh, Dortmund, and another. Uh, I can't remember. Leverkusen. 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 Uh, they have given, they put all their Champions League money into a hardship fund for other clubs in Germany. Uh, we've talked about this the other day. I, I just wonder, and it was raised by, and a pretty, unlike his usual, and with the tackety boots on, trying to wind people up, our pal Ewan Murray, uh, resident Jambo. Wouldn't it be good if Celtic, uh, obviously not on the same scale. I don't know why he's picking on Celtic. Uh, when after all, there are two clubs in Scotland who are... Um, who have gone quite a di- quite quite a distance in Europe this year? Wouldn't it be Celtic if uh, Celtic? Uh, he, you mentioned Celtic did something similar, obviously not to the same kind of scale. What do you think, Remy? Wouldn't it be good if Celtic could do something? Well, I mean, the reason he hasn't picked the other mob is they're not cash rich, uh, and we are. Um, I've I've said before, I, I'd be I'd be okay if Celtic, say, for example decided they would redistribute the prize money um, but only when once it's settled I mean if this is going to go on for six months we, we, we're going to need money as well you know you can't just Celtic can't just turn around and say we're going to give away five million we don't we don't know when we're going to start playing football again plus you're going to get the accusations that we've bought the leagues and we're bribing teams if we're doing it solo I mean, all I could see is that if, let's say, they declare the league is over and we're declared champions, they might just say we'll divide the prize money between 12 or whatever. I, I just, I don't know what we can do. We can play, you know, when, we, when, when football does come back, we can play friendlies against some of the smaller teams, let them keep all the gate money or something like that. But giving them cash when we don't know what exactly is going to happen, I, I just can't see that's going to be good because we are not guaranteed Champions League unlike the German teams you know, we, we still will probably have to qualify Well I don't think Leverkusen or I haven't looked at the Bundesliga recently uh, but I, I know Borussia Mönchengladbach are well up there because uh, um, uh, Rose is a manager so I keep an eye on them so the German teams aren't guaranteed Champions League money. You're just talking there Rem um, that you know, the clubs in the bottom tiers are getting like two grand a month or something. I don't think it would require a huge amount of money. It, not f- five million is just. Uh, you're right. Five million is too much because given the, the uncertain uncertainty of circumstances. 
I, I think it would be pretty good if, if Celtic can maybe do something. Of course, right. But what, what, what if we gave, for example, Montrose twenty-five grand, right, and then we drew them in the cup? All right, we'd be expected to beat them anyway. But you know, people are going to say, "Oh well, they've already got, they've already been bribed." You know, I, I just, it's just the suspicious nature of people in Scotland, particularly I, about our team. Uh, Paul, what's your view on this? Uh, again, in theory, I think it's it's like any other aspect of society. You, you like to think that the haves will, will share in some way with the have-nots, and uh, if there's a mechanism or seizing mechanisms you can do that, then, yeah, in principle, it's fine. But I think it's finding the, the mechanism. I think the most likely and most appropriate way of doing it is, I think, as, as Remy had suggested, which is you you forego prize money or you, you decide to take your uh, your share of the TV money and say, well, we'll dilute it and we'll, we'll we'll give a proportion or give it all back to to be redistributed amongst the clubs. I think that's that's a reasonable gesture. I think actually dipping into your own kind of pockets when you're already trying to support your business and support your, uh, your own charitable endeavours uh, as well, it's a wee bit tougher when there's not an end in sight. You know, it's... it's, it's as Remy said, if if this was a we've got some certainty we'll be back, revenue will start getting generated in June or something, then you might think, well, let's do something short term. But if you're in the situation we're in just now, with a sort of, you know, is it a month? Is it two months? Is it six months? Is it however long? Uh, yeah, but at some point, if if Celtic go through the burn rate financially that we think that they're on, we'll hit trouble as well. Uh, it's you know, it's one that there's just no. There's no right answer for it. The, the, the sort of there's a part of me definitely would like to see us be able to do more, if I put it that way. But I don't know if Dolan cash out the answer. I think it's more about maybe how we can find ways to support using the communal money, if that's the right expression, the money that's coming into Scottish football. We we don't take our share of it. We pass our share on to the rest. Something like that feels feels a wee bit more realistic. I mean, Celtic are, are never slow as it is to help clubs out and go and play friendlies and play testimonials and, and loan out players to lower league clubs it's not like we do nothing it just feels like we could, if we could do a wee bit more that would be good uh, I happen to agree, I think we, we, we can, I mean all, all the qualifications you're offering they apply in Germany as well and, and Leverkusen for instance, uh, they've just put those to one side and just acted for the for the greater good. Uh, we say it all the time in this podcast: we need other teams. We don't have a league without we other do teams. We need other teams, but, but, but if if we're giving money to, and let's say it's free money, no no loans or whatever, you know the the, the pre and there have to be some conditions, and some of the conditions are with teams like Kilmarnock and Aberdeen that you know you don't you know if you're desperate for money. You give us a reasonable allocation at your ground, and that way you'll get more money oh, off his neck. Come on, Rem. That's stuff you can't. These are can. these are extra. He, he, or, he, hang he, on a sec. These teams have cut them, cut their own throats by by denying people who want to go to games the chance to go to games, and they'd rather have empty stands than sell the tickets. Right. This is what that I, I get what you're talking about, right? But that's akin to you're standing on a on a boat. There's a boy in the water. He's drowning. You've got a life, you know, a, a rubber ring or a lifeguard lifeboat or whatever they call them, and you're saying, "Okay, I'll throw this down to you," but you've got to do X, Y, and Z. Come on. 
No, but that's possibly the worst analogy ever. But well, it's not really. You're you're saying, well, I'll save you, but you've got you've got to do X, Y, and Z. As I say, these are extraordinary times. Have a bit of rise above it. You, you, I mean, I can make all sorts of points. You know, Celtic essentially. Guys like you, and quite rightly, I think, are, are saying the Celtic should do something. It's like it's almost like punishing us, punishing Celtic for being a, a well-run, well-stewarded club. You know, there's a reason, as you said, there's a reason Ewan's not saying well, Rangers should do something because Rangers are just piss their money away doing stupid things. They they won't behave responsibly. Uh, so they, nobody's asking them to contribute because they ha- they don't have a pot to piss in. They've got nothing to contribute to the greater good. I mean, these are points you can make, but extraordinary times require extraordinary behaviours. And for Celtic to offer money but with conditions, I, I, I mean, that doesn't sit well. I, I mean, you're probably on Remy's side, Paul, yeah? Well, I think it's definitely extraordinary times. That's, that, that's clear. Uh, I, I get why people want... Celtic to be the leaders here. I think there is the, I use the expression once about Celtic being the parent club in Scottish football, uh, given that the the equivalent big clubs are childish basket case. But you've got, you can only do what you can. If we can afford to do something, yep, then we should do it. I think the point about us needing a league to play is a key thing uh, for us at the moment. Uh, but it has to be affordable for us as well. So if we can help then let's find a way of doing it. Um, anyway, uh, no doubt there'll be developments on that. Uh, and to be fair to Espanyol, I did see you, that you were right, Remy. That video of they were they have been delivering a couple of buckets of uh, hand sanitizer somewhere. Aye, free, free hand sanitizer. Free hand sanitizer. They got it for nothing off Molten Brown. It wasn't even their own. Um, anyway, uh, here we said today on the Twitter feed that. Uh, we we're going to have a QA. and a We've got so many questions that uh, we're going to have to split it over two days. We were going Ooh. to have uh, we were going to have uh, our great pal Harry Brady, the Nostradamus of the North Stand. Uh, he was going to come on, uh, but <laughs> Harry can see the future. But he didn't see that he was going to, not going to feel very well today. Uh, so he's wrapped up. Harry, look after yourself. We love Is he you. Now a government statistic. He's no. I don't think he's a government statistic. Uh, I'm more worried. I was going to say, Harry, we love you. Look after yourself. But I'm more worried about K- what's Kay Adams going to. She'll be devastated, won't she? I'll recover by Tuesday. He'll be fine. <laughs> Who was it said she calls him Mister Blue Sky? Is that right? She does. What's that it's all, all about? It's all, it's all very flirty. You know, it's uh, it's, it's it's quite uh, it's quite it, it, it makes you feel a bit sick, to be honest. Uh, I wonder why she calls him Mr. Blue Sky. Anyway, we'll find out. Uh, hopefully, Harry will be well enough to come on. So we're going to do a. Paul, you collated the questions. How, how many did we get? We got around seventy questions, and to be honest, most of them were unique as well. And, and as much as often when we do this, or when we've done it in the past, we get quite a lot of doublers. You know, people asking quite similar questions. But I think people have heard their. Obviously, time to put their thinking caps on. I don't know why over the last few days because uh, <laughs> we've, we've had some uh, some absolute belters, but some really really good questions that have come through as well. So thanks very much to anybody that's listening who who took the time to put one in. We, well, even if we split it, we'll not get through them all. I know, and there was one in particular which uh, uh, I'll try and find the name of the guy, but I haven't even asked the question because it it was in four parts and it. It was this fantastic 
idea about how to play shorter games with a, a different number of players and play them all in the same day to get all the games crammed in it. Absolutely brilliant idea, but it took us about three hours to explain it. I so, know where that was. I'll put that on the Twitter feed, actually, uh, and let people see it, because it, it was a really good idea. I just... I just when I was putting the questions, I couldn't get my brain run down to actually summarise it. So uh, we'll leave that one to the side. But generally, some some great questions. What were you saying there, Rem? It was the mock that sent, and oh. there's a guy I know. I've met him, I've met him a couple of times. He he sent it, in. I'm glad Paul's taking it out because I would have taken a long time to answer. <laughs> um, here, so we'll crack on. We'll try and do. We're going to go. We've already done twenty minutes on this show. Uh, oh, and by the way, is there any other business? I guess, uh, just very quickly, um, Aberdeen getting stiffed by their insurance company. They're a shower of... I mean, insurance companies are like bookies, Paul. They only, uh, they only want your money, but as soon as you start getting money off them, they're, they're not interested in your business at all. Aye. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know which insurer it was, but I, I hope when people find out who it is that they, they treat them accordingly. As I understand it, according to the story that, that came out today, anyway, that Aberdeen had the the foresight to to plan for a pandemic in their insurance policy, which not a lot of companies will have done. It's something professionally I'm involved in in business continuity to a degree, and it's uh, it's probably only some of the, the bigger companies that, that think along those lines and, and have the foresight. So Aberdeen have done that, and then their insurance company have come along and said, well, yep, you've got it in your policy for this year, but your policy renews at the end of next month, and we're taking that clause out. So effectively leaving them high and dry, and they'll never get that policy again elsewhere. Obviously, you know, as you say, the insurance companies will be wise to to policies that they've taken in the past, and they'll not present them again in the future. But pretty poor timing for the insurance. Good, good for the shareholders. Bad for the the, the people who've supported them through policies. Um, actually, I've been pretty impressed with Aberdeen through all of this. I think they've been pretty clear, pretty straightforward. Uh, I've liked it. Um, Better than uh, I, I see. There's a I didn't read it because life's too short. Uh, there was a Anne Budge issued uh, the Sainted Anne uh, issued another statement. Uh, Rem, you, you, you're a big Anne Budge fan. Did you read it? Love her, love her. Uh, I fell asleep after about three lines. Right, okay. Um, the, the, the upshot is that they'll be all right if it's only three months, but they're in deep doo doo if it's six months. Well, I think but that they're really they're really well running all that, which uh, and they've got cash in the bank and blah blah blah. They're just doing this as a precautionary measure because they don't know what's going to happen. Um, um which is true, you know, it's true. Uh, you know, if they if they half their wages now, that would you know, if they had three months left, that will get them six months. The uh, and I think it's the same for everybody. I mean, Celtic will be gubbed probably or after six months unless Dermot puts his hands in his pocket. Uh, it's the same for everybody. Uh, it's uh, anyway. I don't know what else to say. Anyway, and budge statement out there. If anybody wants to go and read it, um, here get to the questions. I can just say. I can just say. Don't bother. It's as boring as anything. Okay. The uh, we'll crack on with the Q and A. First question up. I say they'll do this. Uh, it's from uh, Robert Sherry. Uh, what's his Twitter? Uh, I can't read it here, Paul. It's something we something Ouija. Uh, Robert Sherry. Anyway, uh, when will you guys be doing the Patreon thing? Paul, when are we going to be doing the Patreon thing? Uh, well, as far as I'm aware, uh, we're not going to be doing the Patreon thing. I don't really... Yeah, nothing against those that have gone down that route, but you know we're probably too long in the tooth for that. 
the uh, uh, yeah, no, Remy and I had a secret meeting last night, Paul. See the day that you were booted up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we here just to. He's cutting. He's cutting you out, Paul. Aye, that's right. Out. Remy and I, we're going it's to. Like for... White Paul did it to him, so he's doing it to you. <laughs> the, uh, the. No, seriously though, the Patreon thing. I don't think we'll. No, I don't think. Uh, Remy, I think I speak for you as well. We'll never be doing the Patreon thing. Uh, partly, ugh, just no. Uh, we've all got day jobs, um, and we're not regular enough. We could never. You know, we can sometimes we can't even bother doing it, which is you know you can't do that if you're taking money off people and uh, and uh, then you just don't show up. Uh, no, uh, but uh, thanks for the question. But here, this is what I. What's the uh, Paul? You've got an idea. What, what should we? We've got an idea for. We're going to try and keep these daily podcast going for as long as possible. We're not asking for any money, uh, but it is a uh, forty-five minutes an hour content every day. Uh, it seems to be going down quite well. If the numbers, the download numbers, are anything to go by, what's your what's your idea, Paul? Well, I think what might be nice for us to do would be just to, to maybe stick up a, a GoFundMe or or similar, uh, which would just raise a few quid, hopefully directly for the foundation. Uh, obviously, we're we're not looking to make money at the situation, but there are people out there that need money in the situation that's the crisis that's ongoing just now, and we know. The foundations are close. They are cause it's cl- close to many Celtic sports hearts, and certainly the three of us have all, you know, know people involved and, and have been involved in, in our own ways over the past. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have a wee look at that over the next couple of days and, and maybe get something up in the Twitter feed. You know, we know it's a tough time for everybody. There's not a huge amount of money swelling about with anybody at the moment. We've all got our concerns, but yeah, if you could, if you could spare fifty pence a pound, whatever you can afford to to pop into something like that, that just might be a nice wee legacy we get to what we're doing. Um, sounds like a good idea, Rem. It's a pretty decent yeah. idea. I'm all for that one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, Paul's going to look into that. Uh, maybe get a GoFund page. As you're dead right, Paul. It's, everybody's got their own financial doodads just now, but every. Every penny we raise from our daily podcast will go straight to uh, the foundation, uh, which would be great. And then we'll trust Tony uh, and the club to do the right thing. Uh, so keep an eye out for that if you see on the Twitter feed. And if you've got a spare pound or two, uh, stick it in there. Uh, that would be fantastic. It's the least we can do. Um, I know no administration. You'll not be taking any admin expenses, Paul. You know your company car and like that. that will not be coming. Nah, no, no. Funnily enough, I've got a bit of time in my hands just now, so I'll, I'll, I'll not be. The money uh, is just uh, resting in his account. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, 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 uh, no expenses required here. Uh, so just, just you know, anything we could get for for the guys. We know that they're doing a, a hell of a lot of good work, uh, not just in Glasgow either. They're doing it in other parts of the country and overseas as well. So. You know, there's plenty of causes out there deserving just now, and I'm sure everybody's got their own causes, but that, that's that's one that's close to our hearts. Right, there you go. No Patreon ever, but we'll stick up a GoFundMe for the daily podcast, and uh, and if you see it and you've got a quid, stick it in there, and we'll pass it on to the Celtic Foundation. Uh, next question, uh, similar, we've just slightly talked about it, but we've seen it around. This is from Joylet Jake. Joylet Jake 67 do you believe the players should take a pay cut in light of the current financial situation ensuring the club is in the best position at the resumption uh, PS assuming that 
Pistol Pete, um, uh, Peter Lobel, forgoes his salary entirely. Remy, <laughs> that's brutal, isn't it? That is. Somebody's found out, somebody's found out my alternative Twitter name. Hey. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the players should be taking a pay cut unless we have to, or they have to. And I think Paul's point about Aberdeen's insurance and how professionally run businesses have this, I, I would say Celtic possibly have this insurance as well. So, you know, if we don't need to do it, I don't see why we should do it. Paul? Similar, uh, you know, if, if from a financial perspective, it shouldn't, if we've got the insurance policies in place, we shouldn't need to. Uh, however, it's an individual thing, you know, that was the way I would look at it. Rather than saying the club mandate it, you know, there's players that can decide what they want to do with their money and it would be nice. And I know some of the players are probably doing stuff privately, so if you can assume that's happening, it would maybe be nice to hear one or two stories coming at the club about that as well. So, uh, I, I, I'm gen, genuinely quite proud at the moment of the way Celtic have responded in the early days of this from a, a community perspective. The, the financial stuff's a wider thing in terms of the potential damage that's there, and we talked about that at length a few minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, as long as the club's playing its part in it, they'll, they'll, you know, whatever way they do, that's you know, hopefully the right way. I, I see a bit on Twitter, you know, why players should be taking the pay cuts. But then, if I'm a player, I, you know, it's basically if, if I'm an airline steward on Virgin Airlines, and you know, Richard Branson or whatever his face is says, uh, "Well, we need this, and we need to put you on furlough, and we'll pay you." T- 25% of your wages I'd be on Twitter raging at, I, I, well if I was uh, working for Branson I'd be saying well hang on a second you're worth 8.5 billion y- you know why don't you uh, take some of that we, we made you that money why don't you take some of that So, I, I, and and pay our wages with it so if I'm a player I, I'd be looking at Dermot Desmond and say well hang on a second you're asking me to take a pay cut just now uh, you take a pay cut um I see it a lot. You see it in the NBA. A lot of guys, uh, the players, donating to, for the staff of the arenas, donating a hundred grand a month or whatever. And these these teams are owned by billionaires. What are these guys doing? Why is why is the player paying for the arena staff, and the billionaire billionaire owners aren't paying for the uh, aren't doing anything? Uh, no, I, I don't think the players should. Uh, not not right now. Obviously, things might change, uh, but we'll see. Here, Rem, this is a good one from this is from uh, our good pal, the Celtic Wiki. Um I see he's got two, but we'll, we'll stick with this one first. If you had to self-isolate with a figure from Scottish football, who would you choose and why? Oh, uh, great, uh, great question. Right, well, they obviously wouldn't be playing in Govan. Um I, I'd go for James Forrest because I could sit and chat to him all day and tell him how much Paul hates him. Oh, that's brutal. Ouch. Uh, Paul? Well, actually, I'd, I'd, I'd go hands over the divide in this one. Uh, oh. it, it would be, you know, one of the one of the consolations uh, in being isolated is you've got plenty of time to eat and enjoy yourself, so I would go for Alfredo Morelos' dietitian. <laughs> uh, 
The only thing is, Paul, if you're oh, it's, you're isolating with uh, the diet. If you're with Morella, she wouldn't get any of the food. He'd just eat it all. <laughs> I mean, if you run out of food, there's plenty there. <laughs> I after there's a few, few people. Uh, I'd quite. I mean, I'm going to be kind of sensible about it. I'd, the guys who I think know know a bit. I'd like to sit and I'd love to self isolate with Neil Lennon. I hear what he's got to say about football tactics and. Uh, he seems like a very smart and erudite and uh, expansive kind of guy. He, he, uh, I would love to. I, I, he's such an interesting character. I'd love to find out what he's all about. Because uh, you know him a little bit, Rem, don't you? You've had a few pints with him. Uh, aye. He's a, he's, a, he's a really, really good guy. And the one, the one thing I would say is that people who... I suppose it's different now. His public persona is a bit different from it was a few years ago. But, you know, the BBC always used to put photos up of him snarling and shouting and bawling at people and kicking water bottles. And he obviously doesn't do that anymore. He's a a lot calmer. But when people ever met him, they always said how different he was from his public persona and what a nice guy he is. Uh, Yeah. Again, I'd love to... uh spend a bit of time with him obviously Michael Beale wouldn't mind spend a bit of time with Michael Beale <laughs> Michael Beale Jack Ross Grant Russell and uh, Alan Burrows Alan um, Burrows the uh, anyway uh, do you think any club that goes into administration oh this is from Hugh Jeers uh, Jeers Hugh on Twitter do you think any club that goes into administration will be given the points deduction or will the rules be relaxed by the authorities we're guessing like everybody else on this, but uh, I I would imagine that they, they would relax the rules because uh, all bets are off. I, I don't know, Paul? I I think this one, uh, knowing huge ears as I do, because it's one of my mates, I think this one, there's liberal use of inverted commas in it. I think he's probably referring to one club in particular. Okay. But I think, I think generally speaking, uh, I would expect that both the the points deductions for admin and the financial fair play rules will just go by the wayside for a year or two and I don't think that'll purely be a Scottish thing I think that's likely to be a a situation that's either mandated by UEFA or becomes a commonplace occurrence in in European leagues because Scotland's not the only league that's going to probably uh, have this type of insolvency event that's coming I I think we're all fairly clear that'll happen at some point to somebody and it will not just be in Scotland um, I'll go to the uh, the uh, a general you've, again Paul the way you've set these up um, I've got a general one here's one from uh, Alistair Jack uh, I can't read these for some reason from my computer screen anyway Alistair um, oh no actually I've, I'll get to Alistair in a minute. here's one from Celtic OK on Twitter that's Road to 10 uh, what's your favourite memory supporting Celtic Remy I know. It's... There, are, there are there are so many. Uh, that's that's a really hard one. I'll, I'll split. I'll, you know, I'll do it in two. I'll do I'll do two. I'll do European and domestic. Um, I think European was was being in Porto the night we beat Boavista, and uh, got to. A, European final because I, I genuinely never believed I would see one in my lifetime um, and it was fantastic to spend 
post pre and post game with my, my mates and my mum and dad were at it as well. Uh, my mum, who has been to about four games in her life, uh, but it was just brilliant to to win that game and know we were going to Seville. Uh, domestically, my favourite memory is not stopping the 10, believe it or not. It's the 10 men won the league in 1979 when we beat the uh, previous Huns 4-2 at uh, Celtic Park and we were behind for most of the game and we won it in the last 10 minutes with 10 men. And a uh, 15 year old me was absolutely ecstatic. It was fun. It was just brilliant. Just one of the best nights of my life. Were you at, were you at the game? Yep. What what day was it? What was that played on a Monday or did, did, a Monday it, night? It was a May, Monday May night. May nineteen seventy nine. I just finished my uh, O grades um, and went. Uh, I finished on the previous Monday. We played Hearts on the Monday. Then we played St Mirren at Ibrox, and then we played them at Celtic Park. And we we won the three of them, and it meant we won the league. Uh, and I was at them all because I'd finished my exams. So it was uh, it was just. Absolutely, but the only downside was I belted at home to see the game in the telly, but mysteriously STV had gone on strike and the game was never shown because they were going to show it as live at half past ten, but uh, it didn't happen. Um, Paul, before you ask you, Paul, I've got to ask the question. Everybody's asking, how did you get on with your O-levels? Oh, pissed them, mate. Come on. Did you? <laughs> the, uh, you didn't go to the Boa Vista game with your mum and dad, did you? Yes. Oh, you I did? Aye. My mum my my and dad had a holiday booked in Portugal. They'd booked it like six months in advance. <laughs> Found out the game was on. They came up They came up for the Algarve on a bus. <laughs> oh, my God. I, when did uh, what, when did Larson score? What was it? It was 78? It was late, wasn't it? Uh, it was about 10, 10, 12 minutes to go, and then they decided to open up. They'd just defended the whole game and time-wasted and spoiled. They were a terrible team. And then for the last 10 minutes, they threw everything at us. It was just nerve-wracking. But uh, I've never seen... I mean, I don't cry about football, but I've never seen so many folk in tears at the end of that game. It was, was it? just phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. That's brilliant. I'll just jump in. Uh, I'm not... Uh, uh, kind of, I'm the, the, not the host, but anyway, I'll, just very quickly. You mentioned uh, stop, stopping, the, uh, stopping the 10. I remember I was in Donegal in 98. And I was in the car park at Dunn's because uh, I was living up uh, way out at Chrysler and I couldn't get any Radio Scotland on the radio. And having to drive into Letterkenny and listen to the f- Radio Scotland fading in and out, 810 medium wave, listening to to the St. Johnson game. That was a... And uh, anyway, that was a... That's a fond memory. Uh, Travelling trips... Milan in 90, uh, 2006. Was it 2006? 2007. Of course, the famous one, Paul, the Partizan Belgrade game. Never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, though, just I drove up no, for the 85th time, driving up with a pal of mine from Newcastle. He was a, he was a Newcastle fan. We drove up and he couldn't believe it. He just couldn't believe it. I can still remember every mile of the journey. He just couldn't believe it. He just thought it was brilliant. We're in the old Rangers' end, anyway. Paul, favourite memories? Uh, well, domestically, uh, unbelievably, the same game as Remy. Uh, not only was that my first 
Celtic Rangers game. That was actually my first game at wow. Celtic Park. Wow. So that was, that, that was the first Celtic game I'd ever been allowed to go to in Glasgow because up to then I'd only been allowed to go to see them in Edinburgh with uh, my mum. So I got to go that night in the supporters bus with my pals. So I was 10, uh, which when we, one of the pals' dads was there as well. But that was... That was a kind of special night for me, and uh, and and got to go in the jungle as well for my first game. So that uh, was sort of unbelievably good uh, memories, and I, and I thought they were all going to be like that. And how how little did I know? Uh, European wise, uh, again, like you guys, loads of good trips, but the, I guess memory wise, uh, the night before the UEFA Cup final, the Tuesday night in Seville, when I was in a pub. Uh, round the corner from a hotel with roughly 40 of the guys who over the years in various different groups I went to games with, guys I grew up with, guys that I, I went to when, when I was studying, went to games with, guys that I'd worked with that I went to games with and we all ended up in the same pub in Seville uh, the night before the game and just I, I still remember looking around that pub and just seeing my whole life in front of me in terms of you know, friendships and relationships and Everybody just looking forward to what was coming, and yeah, it didn't work out for us. But I'll, you know, kind of take that memory away, you know. Um, I watched that game in a pub in Dallas, in Fort Worth. Actually, I was covering Annika Sorumstam playing on the PGA Tour, and uh, I was the only guy in the pub. And all the, pun- all the staff were, like, "What the hell's wrong with that guy?" Uh, I should also I forgot to mention the Barcelona game. Uh, I took uh, our son now and. I wish you could say was, I've told him to lie in future. He had first ever Celtic game on the Barcelona game. Actually, the truth is, he, he was all, his first game was against St. Johnson at home. We got beat 1-0. I think <laughs> Sandaza San scored for him 1-0. One of the worst games you've ever seen. Um, anyway, we're moving on. Uh, Peter Carraher, uh, Peter Carraher on uh, Twitter. Do you think Edward will be at Celtic next season, Paul? Uh, <laughs> depends when next season is. Hi, well, there's uh, that. Uh, I think he probably will. Uh, I think what what's happening just now is probably going to help us slightly, in as much as you know, it's there's going to be a slowdown in transfers, a slowdown in movement between countries, and players might just, you know, hopefully Edward being one of them, kind of look at where they are and think, well, Daryl went to move just now when there's so much uncertainty in the game, and he, he strikes me as being pretty happy anytime he's interviewed anytime he talks about Celtic it's you know there's never any inclination there that he's angling for a move there was always a suspicion with, with Moussa Dembele that there was a wee undercurrent there but I've not seen that at all with Edward I think he genuinely is somebody that's learning his craft and knows that he's got time to be a, a wonderful player and, and hopefully he'll stay with us as long as he can Rem I, I agree with Paul uh I think he'll. I think he'll. Uh, I mean, we're obviously going to want big money for him, and well, we get big money when yeah. there's, you know. So, I think that the best thing for him and us is that we extend his contract once we know what's happening, and we do the ten, and then accept that he'll be off then. I think the situation changes everything, doesn't it? Maybe an extra year will give everybody a bit of time to breathe and, and things c- yeah. come back to normal. Although I, yeah. I, I do believe, I mean, it's been reported quite widely that Celtic have made him an incredible offer. I just wonder if that offer will still be on the table after all this is over 
And if it's not on the table, you know, how peed off would he be? Uh, and then how would that then affect his decisions on whether to stay or whether to go? Um, be interesting to see. Though. I hope he does stay. I think he's absolutely essential for the ten. Um, uh, I'd love him to stay as well. I'd love to see him stay one more year. Uh, this is a great question, although I think it's more of a suggestion, which I think we'll all agree with. But anyway, we'll read it out. Uh, Shaw Jerry uh, at Shaw Jerry uh, Trispire. What uh, was his Twitter name? Thanks, uh, Trispire. Why doesn't UEFA open the transfer window? I know there won't be many buyers, but it could raise some funds for clubs. Mind you, the I mean, I saw a story yesterday. Man United think they've got the Sancho for 150 million from Dortmund. I think that just kind of disgusted me. That would be uh, the the optics of clubs throwing around tens of millions on players in the aftermath of this would be pretty bad, wouldn't it, Paul? Aye, I I think I I can see the logic of, of, of what Jerry's saying. I think what it might be something that you could look at at a, a lower level because I think there's actually going to be players that there may be at clubs that uh, that kind of pay their wages, whatever that that need to move around, and there's maybe getting some money moving around in the game that way, and, and making sure that people stay employed. I'm the same as you. I, I feel a little bit kind of sick to my stomach if they thought of us going back to 100 and 200 million pound transfer fees when this is all over. Um, Rem, I agree. Uh, I, I can maybe maybe we could open the transfer window for the lower level teams who will need who may need a cash boost um, that might help them but uh, you know the, the problem is if, if we're going to finish the league and they've sold players you know and they haven't got any in how, how do you finish the league it's, it's a tough one it's a real tough one but I, I agree on the inflated transfers that, that and, and this at this particular time it's pretty sickening Good one here from Kevin McCauley, uh, and I've thought about this quite a bit. Is uh, Fraser Wisher willfully putting obstacles in the path of a resumption, i.e. comments about playing behind closed doors, he doesn't like it, contract situations, health and safety issues? Uh, there's a story, I think it was in The Athletic the other day, saying that the English PFA are coming round to the idea of playing behind, or moving towards accepting the idea of playing behind closed doors. I, I, I don't see... I mean, you can put obstacles in the path of anything in this in the current situation, but I think it's a case of trying to work. Maybe I've been living in California too long, but it's a, trying to work around problems rather than you know crumbling in the face of them. Uh, behind closed doors, is a good idea, isn't it, Rem? I I, I think Wishart's position is a negotiating tactic. Um, so I'm pretty sure if the the English go down the route of the behind closed doors and you know Kieran was suggesting that they're going to play them the games at one ground or potentially play the games at one ground you know with one camera crew and two or three games a day on the pitch or whatever um, I would think that things could be put in place to sort that here as well and resolve insurance issues and health and safety issues but you know you're, you're still probably looking at June at the earliest for that and can all the clubs get to June the um, there's also a case of, football plays such an important part in everybody's life I'm not saying they're duty, duty bound but, but wouldn't it be great if they were if they were able to do something and 
uh, it'd be a chance for a chance for certainly the SPFL to reconnect with its audience and maybe grow its audience. Um, so if we could get games on, actually, I really enjoyed the spectacle of uh, PSG Dortmund behind closed doors. I'm, I'm sure I get bored with it after you know three or four months of it, but I, I think uh, it, it would be good. It'd be good for football if we can sort out the health and safety stuff. Paul, any thoughts on it? I I, I liked what Kieran talked about on the podcast the other night. I think it was something that, that he was touching on towards you could you could actually look at it doing this in a slightly different way. If you wanted to limit the health and safety issues, you wanted to limit the, the transport issues, you might look at uh, playing you know a number of games per day or per week in, in a couple of locations in strategic parts of the country. So so for us, for example, you know you might you might play you might not play Celtic Park. You might you might just pick a stadium somewhere in central Scotland or whatever and, and play a couple of games there, broadcast live, one television crew set up there, you know. I just think, you know, football's an entertainment industry and you know, it is going to be part of the recovery for people when this is all over, when people sort of merge back out or think we're on the verge of getting back out and uh, <laughs> Into fresh air and, and back to something approaching a semblance of normal life, they're going to be looking for things to do and things to watch and things to see that that will bring some joy after a pretty dark period. So, you know, football has the capacity to do that. And yeah, I, I'll be honest, if, if that's behind closed doors, I've got absolutely no problem with that. It, it would just be nice to be part of the recovery plan. What were you saying there, Rem? I'm saying if you, you take, as Paul says, strategic locations, so the Glasgow west of Scotland would be Hamden and the east coast you would probably say Murrayfield because they've also got two of the better pitches um, as long as it's not Liv- if it was at Livingston they'd win the league <laughs> <laughs> you'd probably catch the virus off their pitch uh, so, uh, no I don't think it'll be a Livingston the, uh, here's a good one from Tam Thomas 1 at Tam Thomas 1 uh, which ex-Celtic pundit do the guys hate the most? Paul? Mark Wilson. Really? Uh, Mark, yeah. I, the, the telly ones didn't bother me, the ex-Celtic ones. Uh, I just ignore the likes of Commons and Andy Walker because uh, they've they're just you know, got various forms of, of grudges and, and lack of intelligence. But Mark Wilson, is he, he's, he'll, he'll do it. He'll just dance for money, that guy. That's, that's the best way I can put it. He is just a... I've got no time for him whatsoever. Uh, I know we talked about him last night on in the, the, the team of the season thing, and that's just a perfect example. You know, he'll, he'll be all things to all men as long as there's a few quid in it. The, uh, I thought about this. I can't think of any, really. I don't... Yeah, I don't... It doesn't bother me either way, pundits, to be honest. And there's a few I quite like. Uh, although having said that, I'm not sure who. <laughs> Remy, I'll pass that one on to you. There, there's none that I hate, and there's none that I'm. I think actually that's wrong. I really like Chris Sutton. I think Chris Sutton is brilliant. I think he's uh, does it with a bit of a wink, and uh, there has crept in a little bit. He, he is. He falls in. I'm not. I don't think he's a Celtic fan, but I think he's you know Celtic sympathetic. Uh, but he does fall into that trap. He he uh, grades Celtic on a different scale to the way he grades other teams. So he he can, he can tend to be a, a bit too critical. 
and a bit too, oh my goodness, Celtic are in real trouble here when, nah, not really, Chris. Uh, but I think he's great. But as to hating any of them, not really. Davy Proven slightly annoys me, but he's, he's Proven and Walker, but you know what? I don't I don't hate them. Rem? Uh, well, I, I, I don't want pundits to be totally biased in our favour, like the likes of Boyd and Fat Derek for the, the other mob. So I, I just want a pundit to be fair and call it as he sees it, which Sutton does most of the time. Um, and as you say, a lot of it's with a known wink. But the one, and I'm also very fortunate, I mean, I, I usually come out of a game and see all people going mental at Commons or uh, McFadden or uh, Walker. And I'm I'm really lucky in that I'm at most of the games and I don't see or hear what they say. Um, so the ones I really dislike are Charlie Nicholas and uh, Davy Proven, who I both think have just gone over to the EPL side and they have got massive chips on their shoulder about the way they've been treated at Celtic. And uh, I don't think they give us a fair shake. Here's a good one from Didcot CSC DT876 on Twitter. Uh, I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't never notice it. How much to? T- well, obviously, we don't. We can't give an answer to this. But uh, how much to take those pillars out of the north stand? Is there are pillars blocking the view in the north stand? Yeah. Whereabouts? The problem is right up at the back at the top. The problem is the graveyard behind it. Um, we had to. I think. Somebody, somebody listening to this will know the exact story, but we had to pay the council money to go into the airspace over the graveyard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it, it, we paid a, a peppercorn sum. I mean, it was a minimal sum, but because it's gone out over the graveyard, the pillars are in there. Um, so I, I, I think if we took them out, there'd be a real safety issue. They, they think they need to get rid of the pillars in the south stand, you know, which they have to put up during the week to support the roof but uh, uh, you know I think I, I, I do accept that the pillars in the north stand do cause some problems and that they are round at the side at the south stand as well but they could only be ever be fixed if they fixed the south stand roof um, maybe there's a structural engineer out there who could explain why well, we somebody will know somebody will know and somebody will probably say I'm talking complete nonsense but that that's my understanding um, I tell you what we should be doing and I think it's a constant embarrassment is the view from the away section that is uh, that is an absolute insult it's a disgrace yeah, and that's because they've got the pillar yeah uh, but I, I, I've actually been in there for a game I've been, I've been, I was with my pal one time who's an Aberdeen fan and I went into the Aberdeen end with him to see what it was like and it is an absolute disaster area uh, and that was but, 10 years ago Christ knows what it's like now um, yeah it's it's ridiculous although I would say that you know Celtic aren't alone in this I, me and, and the wee man went to a Manchester United Liverpool game last year was it last year anyway it doesn't matter we had oh, one of the worst views I mean just astonishing we were behind all sorts of nonsense um, you, anyway where's the best view in the ground Rem at Celtic uh, Harry Brady's seat is it Where's uh, ha- yeah, where- just about. Where's Harry? Section four hundred five, top tier. Ha- Harry's Harry's virtually on the halfway line. I'm a couple of rows behind him. It's honestly, it's, once you sit up there, you and I've been in every stand in the 
in the uh, stadium, and I appreciate some folk can only afford what they can afford. Yeah. But uh, you just you get a fantastic view from up there. We went to the Bayern Munich game, and we were in the family section, and the old Rangers end. Um, the Jockstein is that that's the Jockstein stand, isn't it? Ah, yes. The uh, I I was a, it was a brilliant view. I know you're only at, you're at one end, but I couldn't I'd never been up there before. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I think apart from the pillar bits, the, the views are tremendous. I mean, the, the problem I have is you know, obviously the, the the south stand for me is too low now. Yeah, and I, and that's what I think the problem with the the bottom tier of the north stand is the rakes a bit. It's it's pretty gentle. It's not very steep. Whereas up the top tier, the rake is really steep, and you you're just sitting right on top of the players. You got just got a great view. You can see the whole pitch. You get most of the offsides. Uh, you know, obviously, you're not looking just at one end. It's it, the view up there is is brilliant, uh, and, I, and I moved there about ten, twelve years ago, and I, and I wouldn't move until I can't walk. Uh, what's best view, Paul? We've already identified the worst view. I uh, North Stand definitely the, the upper tier of North Stand. I'm in I'm in four one three, which is right in the corner. So I'm right at the very edge of the the North Stand technically and right above the Green Brigade so I've got probably one of the noisier seats uh, and again I'm, I'm in a sort of diagonal looking across the pitch view but it's fantastic you know uh, I, I like being up in the top tier I was in 418 before which is right along towards the you know we used to get shifted for the Rangers games and, and get tickets elsewhere on the ground so uh, when Rangers used to get the, uh, that, that upper section as well so it's uh, it, it was a good view as well, and you were right, sort of just to the left of the goals, looking down the pitch. So I think anything in the top tier at Celtic Park is fantastic, apart from behind the pillar. Uh, yeah, that's um, but that would do, getting the away end sorted. That requires the south stand being rebuilt. That's a. Uh, do you think that'll ever happen, Rem? Uh, I, I don't think we need additional capacity, but we need additional hospitality and corporate and press areas and media areas so and probably new dressing rooms etc so I would like at some point to see the roof being raised and the stadium all being levelled off but we don't need to increase the capacity the, uh, There's a few that do really, don't really need that much uh, there's one I'm reading here uh, simply because I've actually got a visual of this and we'll post it on the Twitter feed uh, Celtic Wiki uh, as an equestrian, does Remy prefer dressage, cross country, or show jumping? <laughs> there's a great. Uh, I just say, Paul, we'll get it on the Twitter feed. There's a great. Uh, uh, yeah, the, well, you know, he's been on the program before, uh, and and I've met him a few times, and he when in my uh, American escapades last year, I, I achieved a one of my bucket list. Uh, Goals of riding a horse, uh, which was, <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know, I know it sounds pathetic, but I've always wanted to ride a horse, and uh, I got this a white charger, and of course, <laughs> Mister Celtic, Mister Celtic Wiki photoshopped me in there, can on, can on. <laughs> so there's a great. Uh, again, this is nobody's listening. Everybody's turned off, but there's a great. Uh, vis- uh, Picture of Remy as uh, King, King Billy. We'll put that on the Twitter feed. 
uh, here is uh, Andrew Mackay, uh, who's responsible for numbering the podcast. That's me. And I know what he's referring to. I always get it wrong because uh, I keep on. So sometimes I think yesterday I downloaded two uh, number 157s. Uh, that's my fault. Uh, I never, I'm just not paying attention. I'm not uh, assiduous enough uh, when it comes to organisation. Um, what else? Here we go. Uh, so we'll get some football ones. Um, here's a good one. If the 10 at 6s was brought back next season to help clubs, who's your starting six, Paul? Right. Uh, oh, sorry. Hang on. Six. Hang on. Before that, that's from uh, Chris01592. Thanks, Chris. Right. My, uh, my starting six would be uh, Fraser Forster and Goals, because with the size of the 10 at 60s goals, he basically wouldn't have to move. <laughs> he could just spread himself across it. Uh, Christopher Ayer, if he's still here, ball playing defender, because you only need one defender at 60s. Uh, Carl McGregor, for his energy and his passing. Ryan Christie, likewise. James Forrest and Lee Griffiths. No Edward. No, I, exactly. Nah, Ed, 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 Edward doesn't need, need to lower himself to the likes of that. The <laughs> 60s. I see, so he's, what, he's spot it against Lawrence. He's saying it's crap, so he put Forrest in. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, the uh, Rem, have you got a six? Uh, I, I, obviously, I agree on the goalkeeper. Uh, mm, I, I'd probably have El Hamid, because uh, you don't need any height at the sixes. McGregor. Christy, Forrest, and Edward, I'd have. That sounds about right to me. Here, here's a good question. Uh, is it Tim? Is, is it Tim Man six underscore two on Twitter? This is a good, interesting question. Will Celtic get to fifty five before the com- the combined incarnations of Rangers? Yes. Well, is, does this? I, I know Harry's talked about this. Does this thing exist, Paul? This project twenty twenty four. The whole because if if Celtic keep winning the league, I think twenty twenty four would be when we get to fifty five. Well, if you've not heard this project twenty twenty four exists, then you're obviously not in the loop. <laughs> Remy and I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you've not been going to the meetings. Uh, that's yeah. right. Oh, me. I was, Lloyd, Lloyd told me. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd tweeted the uh, no seriously I I I, I really I, I think it's eminently possible I think it would be the ultimate I would just I mean 10 is great but to to get to 55 would be oh, it would just be well it'd be obviously great for something well, but it'd be funny as 55 is a hun concept which means nothing uh, you know, nobody in the world said, "Oh, we need to get to fifty-five titles." It's just them trying to make themselves relevant. You know, we all, we all know it'll be title one, and I agree with the combined entities. It would be fifty-five, but it's a it's a made-up number that nobody should be bothered about. But we will still get to fifty-five titles before any of those ones do. Paul, you bother? Are you taking a hard line stance like Remy? Uh, I- as I said, it, it doesn't keep me awake at night, but for the same token, A, we'll definitely do it. B, as we get close to it, assuming that they're still going at that point, uh, or whatever version of them is going at that point, we'll be getting wartime titles thrown at us. We'll be getting uh, 
the third, the second division in the championship thrown at us is, is <laughs> you know, we won, we won those as well. All, all the Christmas cups that they've won, uh, you, you name it. So yeah, it's just it's a Scottish thing, isn't it? It's a, a wee bit parochialism. Funny and important only as much as it's important to them. It's not important to us, so it'd be even more funny if we did it. It's like it's like the second nine. It's like winning the nine this year is, and then getting the ten next year's only really matters because it matters to them. You know, I'm 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 you know, it's I just want us to win the league every year. So whether it's nine, ten, or fifteen, or two times, I want us to win the league every time we go into the league. Uh, but it hurts them badly to think that we'll have done two nines and, and potentially a ten uh, when their history has them down as, as, as one nine that they, they might not have legitimately won. The uh, Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'd love the 55. Here, we're running out of time. We'll go, that's us run to an hour. Um, we'll finish with this one um, from Skoosh McCoosh, Alan McCoosh. Thanks for the question, Alan. Once if uh, one slash if ten is achieved, what do you see the club being like? Will we continue to grow? Will the fan passion be as strong, Remy? Obviously, because we'll be going for fifty-five. No, oh, very good. No, seriously <laughs> though, I, I, you kind of thought about it. You would imagine when we get to ten, well, there's all sorts of. T- I mean, all sorts of talk about changes. You know, maybe that'll be the time that Peter Lowell decide. Okay, I've I've done my bit. Uh, You'll be interested. It'll be a, be a if we got to ten. If it would be a watershed in, in kind of many ways, and you just wonder what what would look like after that. Yeah, I agree. But I'm the same as Paul. I want us to win the league every year. I've got a season ticket. If we win ten, I'll have a season ticket for the following season. And that's it. What do you, what do you think? Um, well, what do you think it'll be generally? Will there be less tourists, or will there be less people like well, me? It, I, you know. It, I actually like that we keep tickets back for people who can't afford season tickets and who maybe only come once or twice a year because they live in America or they live abroad or whatever. I'm all in favour of that. Um, but I still think we will sell out our season tickets when we win 10. Um, they might not go every week, but they'll still buy their ticket. Paul, what do you think? I think in terms of the... The targets for the club and and the passion of the fans. The obvious thing that that's we've probably underperformed for so long, uh, with a couple of exceptions, has has been at European level. So you know, you look at the league for two things. Yeah, it's your bread and butter, and and that's your your domestic pinnacle. You can only win as many of them as you can keep winning. Uh, but it would be good to start maybe being a bit broader in our ambition and be a wee bit more ambitious around making progress in Europe feels like we're kind of two steps forward one steps back quite quite a bit in Europe in the last few years you know we, we made some progress getting back into Champions League kind of threw it away uh, sort of rebuilt again had a, a good campaign this season in Europe at a, a decent level and then you know disappointment at, at either end with the the, the Copenhagen and the uh, uh, what's her face names? The Cluj. 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 Sorry, I couldn't remember her name. Good team, uh, Cluj. I, I know good teams, and that's that's the thing. They're, they're good teams. We should be beating, and and that's we've still not got to the point yet where we can comfortably say we're competing at the level we should be in Europe. So I think if if there's anything I would like to come 
post 10 if 10 is the important thing to, to everybody and it does seem to be we've talked about it before being them just get it in get it get it out of the way and start thinking about something new so I would want us to start thinking more broadly whatever European football is going to look like I know we, we need to keep coming back to that we don't know what that's going to be like in six months or a year or longer but that's where my ambition lies I'd love to see Celtic get back to a level where we at whatever level it is we're competitive uh, that seems like an appropriate uh, spot to to finish this one. Uh, we've still got, I think, we've only got through about fifteen questions uh, here. Quick, <laughs> so keep us going for a week. Then. I know. Uh, very quickly, actually, Lucky Hamilton, uh, Smiling Warwick, who would win a fight to the death between the three of you? Uh, I think it I would. Be you. Why? It why not? Be you. Why not? You're too weedy. Oh, you mean fit and lithe? Is that what you mean? You'd get smacked. Um. I'm not so sure. I might be a bit too quick for you, Paul. <laughs> I think Paul would win, but you, 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 no, no one but you. Is anybody who's listening to this podcast who knows me knows I'm a lover, not a fighter. There so, you go. I'll, I'll just stand at the side and leave. Had the coach and let you two boys slug it out. Right, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are listening for this, <laughs> this stage. Uh, but thanks for the questions. Some brilliant. So we'll get to some belters. Uh, and hopefully uh, Harry will feel a bit better uh, tomorrow or Monday whenever we get to to, to the questions. Uh, just quickly uh, to reiterate, uh, keep an eye out for a couple of things on the Twitter feed. Uh, uh, the Celtic Wiki's version of uh, Remy as King William, and uh, and hopefully we'll try and get some GoFundMe thing going uh, uh, instead of a Patreon thing going, and money would go to the foundation. Uh, good to talk to you, Paul. Good to talk to you, Remy. Okay, Cheers, guys. guys. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.